Hi, my name's Shane. And I'm Julie, and these are our seven children. I'm Isaiah. I'm Arwen. I'm Ashton. I'm Ethan. I'm Elisha. I'm Kira. Hi, Seth. Yep, this is Seth. And we are going to be converting this 2005 Thomas Safety Line Pusher with the Cat C7 diesel engine. It's a, this is a 38-foot bus into our new home on wheels. Welcome to the Fall Estate. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. Remember that the Fall Estate is on locals.com. So click the link in the description to support our work. Also, you can become a member on the uh, YouTube channel of the uh, Fall Estate, and that way you can support us as well. Very Mamma Mia interesting discussion today. I have uh, with me Shane and Julie Good from the Bus Life and hungry for revival YouTube channel. So make sure you check them out. Yeah. Thank you guys again for coming. Yeah, thanks for having us. It. So it's interesting. You guys took a, a yellow bus and you create, made it to really a nice traveling bus. Yes. Who idea was that? Well, it was probably originally mine. Um, when I was a, a kid, my parents bought an old school bus. We actually lived in Washington State. We're moving down to Pensacola, Florida. And they had the idea to buy an old school bus, partition off half the back, put their belongings back there, and then kind of do a makeshift RV up front. Very primitive, you know, a bed, some bunks, and like a Coleman camp camping stove. Yeah. And, um, and so as a kid, you know, traveling, you know, from Washington State all the way down to Florida, it was like this grand adventure for me and my sister. And so... Um, that's kind of where I never forgot that. And then any, anytime we moved, we used, we'd pull out the old bus, you know, load it up and, yeah. and go from one place to another. And so I always had that, that, uh, excitement from a kid. And I, and when we were going to move, we were actually going to move to Washington state. Um, this is back in 2010. I'm like, why don't we do a bus? We'll get yeah. an old school bus and we'll just build it out really nice. And we'll have a place to, to live while we're building our house. That was our thinking at that time. <clears throat> and so that's what we did. And so, like, how often are you on the road? Well, so for the past, over the past 12 or 13 years, we've been on the road. Um, well, well um, so the first five years, we did it on and off where uh, we'd live in a house for about six months because we were living actually in Canada. Um, that's where I'm from originally. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the first five years in the cold winter months that we would rent a house and then we'd live in our bus during the warmer months. And um, But for the last eight years now, we've lived Been just full, -time. full we don't, time. We don't have a base anywhere. We just live really? yeah. in our bus. I was wondering about that because you guys have eight children? No. no, no, no. How many? Eleven. Eleven children? Yeah. yeah. And so the 11 kids travel with you on the bus as well, right? Yes. Yes, all but one. Our 19-year-old um, daughter is living in Kentucky right now. Oh, good. Yeah. Nice. And so was that difficult, especially you having to watch over the kids, is that difficult for them and for you being on the road so much and trying to raise kids? Um, well, when we first started, we had five children. And um, the oldest at that time was eight years old. And so... It, 
they've grown up in a bus. Yeah. Actually, to be honest, it was hardest when we were doing it on and off because I had um, a mental mindset of like, oh, it's only going to be this long right. and then I'll get to be in a house. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's funny how when we have an expectation of something greater, or at least we think in our mind more grand, that uh, we look to that rather than appreciating the situation that we're in. And so um, when that was removed out of the picture, I actually really enjoyed things a lot better and um, kind of go, got over myself in a lot of areas. Um, I, I think challenged. I actually enjoy being challenged. Oh, you do? <laughs> in, in a way of like uh, finding what makes me tick so that not that I can now suppress that and be a better person by suppressing it, but by then uh, revealing flaws in myself so that I can work through them and transform. So how do you, being on the road so much, how do you have time to make that many babies on a bus? That's a private question. You don't know? Someone as smart as yourself? You, you guys are never by yourself. No, pretty well, much. we have our own bedroom. Is that what you mean? <laughs> so the bus we have now is actually our third bus. Oh. So we've we've gone from the the white or the yellow bus we transformed the first time. Yeah. Then we did a second bus which was a, a bit bigger, and now we've got one that's even bigger than that, which is a forty-five foot. Yeah. It's an old charter bus, so we've converted oh, I that. See. Yeah, uh, we, so that's how you have time to meet babies. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I want you know I was thinking about military people. I counsel yeah. counsel a lot of military people, and they travel a lot when they yeah. have kids and they're fathers in the military, so they travel a lot. And it's difficult for some of them to settle down once they become an adult. So are the kids bus traumatized? Like when they become adult, will they be able to get a house and settle down in one place? Right. I mean, our daughter has, she's like, she's living in Kentucky right now. Um, our oldest son, who's actually with us right now, he, he, um, I mean, he enjoys what we're doing. He enjoys being a part of the ministry. He does a lot of the filming for our events. But, um, and I think his desire is to get a rig and eventually get on the road as well. I will wonder about that once you become an adult <clears throat> because you've been traveling all your life. Right. And it does seem like it's fun. I know it can be rough sometimes. Yeah. But do you get so traumatized that you can't buy a house and settle down? <laughs> Right. I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll find out as yeah. it goes. Um, our oldest son, he's 20, and so he's still with us, but it's by choice. It's not like, oh, I have to do this. Yeah. So, um, But then our oldest daughter, by choice, is not with us. Um, she just wanted something different. No, so she, so she mm -hmm. got tired of traveling, just kind of want to do her own thing. Well, she kind of hit that age of like wanting to see what other options there are. So of I don't course. know if she's like tired of traveling. I think she may maybe one day want to do that again. But um, it's just, you know. And you have 11 kids, you say? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. You look so young to have 11 kids. Thank you. It's Whoa. the secret to youth, I guess. Why, why don't crack? <laughs> <laughs> so I got to ask, so what made you turn into a ministry Okay, that's, a, that's an interesting story. So we actually ch were traveling with a ministry. I mean, there, there's a lot I could tell you, but just to cut it down, right. we were traveling with a ministry that was basically, their motivation was to get believers off the church pews and do more. 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus said, hey, these signs are going to follow those that believe in my name. They're going to be casting out demons, healing the sick, you know, raising the dead. They're going to be doing these things. And, and he's like, so many people aren't doing this. So we actually were watching a video of this guy and, and it challenged us because we're believers, but we weren't seeing a lot of things happen in our lives. We weren't seeing God moving. We weren't seeing his power. We weren't seeing that stuff. So when um, we just decided, hey, we're going to be more intentional. You know, when we go to the store, if we see somebody that that looks like they need prayer, we're gonna we'll talk to them, we'll pray for them, we'll spend time with them. We've invited so many people. Julie will meet some lady in Walmart and talk to her, and then invite her out to our bus where we sit down and have tea or coffee with nice. her, and just just spend time loving on people, really. And we've seen so many amazing things happen that way. And so that's kind of how that initially started. And then the hunger for revival, what happened with that is we were actually in Tennessee and we were invited by this um, home fellowship that was old order, ex-old order Mennonites. So they, they... they just wanted more of God. They're like, we feel like there's more of God, but we're, we're so tied to this old, really dry, dead religion. Right. We, we want more. And so we went, just me, Julie, and a couple other people, we went to their home fellowship, and there's about 40 people there, and we just shared with them what was going on, the things that God was doing, and encouraged them, like, there's more. I mean, I think a lot of people that are even raised in the church, they have that question in their mind, that feeling like, there's more. To this, yeah. there's more than just this, mm-hmm. and that's how I was when I was young. I was 17. I'm like, man, there's more than just this. There's got to be more, and and there is because God's a very infinite God. But um, so we're at this home fellowship, and God just moved in power. I mean, people were getting set free, delivered. One person got healed. Julie ministered a lot with the ladies, and it was just this beautiful time. And so they were like, hey, would you want to come back and we'll, we'll rent a venue. We'll do like a three-day event and, you know, you guys can come and, and share more and we'll get as many people to come. Mm-hmm. That's okay. how Hunger for Revival really started because we thought it was just going to be one event. So we did that one. It was really good. And then it was like someone from Springfield, Missouri is like, hey, do you want to come and do one here? And we're like, Sure. Went there, and then it just we just kept going. Yeah, I understand that. Are, we, are you a preacher? Are you a minister? Yeah, I would consider myself a minister. So did of the God gospel. call you to be a preacher? I would say yes. Um, so in my early years, I spent a lot of time in Europe actually preaching and seeing, oh, yeah? seeing revival come to churches. Nice. It was a lot in Germany, Holland, France, Italy, a lot of different places like that. And Julie, are you a minister as well? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, of course. Um, what is a minister uh, you anyway? You know how God called men to preach? Uh-huh. And, I'm just, and I was just wondering when I was watching some of the video, you guys preach it because I never heard if you were or not. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yes would be the answer to the question. Um, probably what most people would call a minister is much more uh, grand in my mind or a broader scope because I think ministry isn't just getting up and speaking in front of a crowd. I think it's ministering to the needs of people. So if it's ministering to people's needs, yes, by all means, oh, I am okay. a minister. I got you. Mm-hmm. How long you have, you guys been married? How long? 21 years. Amazing. Yeah, 21 years. 21 years? Uh-huh. 21 years. Uh, marriages don't last 21 days nowadays. Put I them know. Most yes. of them. Uh, so does your wife obey you? Does Julie obey you? <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. She does? Yeah. You obey him? 
Of course. You do? <laughs> Not all the time, but I try. You, <laughs> <laughs> you don't obey him all the time? Uh, no, unfortunately. <laughs> and why not? Uh, well, there's moments when I guess I my own uh, desires flare up and... I, it's not like his desires aren't my desires, so I wouldn't even say it's my own desires. But, I mean, there's always, like, that's a struggle, I think, especially in our society today because there it's not really expounded on that it's... Actually, there's no older women teaching younger women how to be good mothers and how to be good wives. That That's probably one of the greatest ministries that there should be. And it's just not happening anymore. So, so, so when you're not at the mo- at the times when you're not obeying him, uh-huh. do you know I'm not obeying my husband right now? Lord, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately, are you, aware, are you aware you're not obeying? Uh huh. Really? And what do you do about it at the time that is happening? Well, sometimes I know. Um, well, usually there's like a wrestling back and forth. Well, first off. I- I receive the Holy Spirit. So um, it's not just like Shane puts this heavy on me where I now feel his convictions. It's actually God usually convicts me and through his spirit. Um, and So this morning when you were being non-compliance, you were not obeying. I was being bossy, actually. <laughs> and, and, and what did you do? Did you continue to boss or did you stop it? Um... Well, no, I think it would you say I stopped it? Yeah. And then, so that was one of those moments that I was telling you about where, like, you feel triggered by something. Yeah. Do you want to know the whole story? It, yeah, long story short. <laughs> okay. Well, we woke up this morning because our my daughter's cat peed on my other daughter's pillow while she was sleeping. <laughs> This is the bus life. (laughs) That means a lot because you, like, I don't even have a washing machine in the bus. So that means we have to go to a laundromat. And so um, Shane wanted to discipline the cat (laughs) for doing it, which he deserves to be disciplined. And so I got upset because it triggered something in me for him not, me not wanting him to discipline the cat. And I said, no, you're not going to spank the cat. Whoa. And and I was like, I felt it come out of my mouth. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, And I didn't, like, I knew instantly, like, okay, I just, like, told him, no, he can't do something. And I saw the expression on his face, which actually did really good at composing himself and not, like, then, like, you know, being feisty back to me. And But, like, I knew I did it. And so there was, like, this whole, like, war inside myself of, like, why did I just react that way? And then, so, actually, we... A lot of the times we'll even like talk and then pray about it because I want to know like what triggered me. Nice. It's one of those moments where you get triggered by something rather than being like, well, that's just who I am or I'm having a hormonal moment right now. And, no, um, right. you know, but like what triggered that? And so it actually, um, I think after we talked and prayed about it, that it, um, when I was a kid, my dad used to spank our cat for doing the same thing under my brother's bed. And um, and so it like almost triggered like a sensitive thing from my childhood. And um, which, so I think that sometimes like 
in a lot of people's hearts, their desire is actually to like do good, and I want to be a good wife. And but there's like these moments where like flesh flares up, and like you almost lose control of yourself. And so yeah. um, then it's like rather than him just being like, "Oh, my dumb wife," you know, why is she so disobedient or so controlling or whatever you want to say? That it's more like he has some compassion, which is the loving side that God calls him to be loving and understanding. Because I actually am the weaker sex, so <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll pull that card out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you yeah. deal with the hell when it comes out of Julie? There's when the hell comes out of Julie, how do you deal with it? <laughs> hell comes out of Julie. <laughs> well, you know, I think that husbands. This is an area. I mean, there's that contrast in Scripture, right? The, the wives obeying your husbands, and then the other side of it with husbands loving your wives as Christ loved the church and laid down his life. So for me, the best thing that I've noticed is loving her. You know, so, well, it, so when the hell coming out of her, are you loving her then, or you like want to what? It depends. <laughs> like, so, so obviously You're we've had loving the hell in her. Yeah. What? No, no. You know what's crazy is the first like many years of our marriage, we hardly argued at all. We got along. I mean, we consider ourselves best friends. Um, we got but, married when I was seventeen. So. Oh. And I married young, so you raise them up in the way they will go. You right. know, that's what. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how do you deal with the hell when it comes out of her? Well, it, if if I'm in a good place, then I you know I love her, I pray with her, I um, I talk to her, and we work through those things. If I'm not in a good place, then we'd probably argue about it, and for maybe sometimes three days. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so so just for me, I'm black yeah. and I'm slow, right? Um, so the hell is coming out. Yeah. And do you take her and say, "Oh, let's go pray." Like, oh, Lord, please help this hell in my wife. <laughs> oh, Lord, I don't know what to do with it. Uh, uh, how do you pray while the hell is coming out? What do you mean you well, pray? Well, so Julie, one, is she's an amazing wife. Like, I know, amazing. But but I'm going to get to the, the hell part. What but what I, what I'm, he wants to yeah. know how, yeah, how you, you deal, made me amazing. How do you deal with <laughs> Yeah, so the hell is coming out. Right. And, and you do what at the time? That the, and the kids are like hiding under the bed. No, there's not that the, kind of hell coming out. Outside the bus. <laughs> what do you do? In usually, usually in a moment that, that something happens, we'll go to our room and then we'll just talk about it. Oh, okay. So that's usually what we, what we do. And usually she knows already, you know, in that moment that something's wrong and that she needs to work on whatever's going on. Um, but yeah. I mean, I suppose there's different times we both have hell come out of us. So you have hell in you too? <laughs> in me? Probably. You do? So you have hell that comes out sometimes? Sure. There's times I get frustrated and angry. Really? Yeah. That must be disappointing. <laughs> I mean, probably in the moment, but I think that's where grace comes in. If we don't have grace for each other, then actually we're all disposable. Oh, grace is the leader to ride the bus, what you thought? <laughs> yeah. Grace. Oh, so Grace is like a housekeeper or something. You know, yeah. you know she what comes it is. In there and help? <laughs> yeah. Actually, kind of. Oh, she's a house. And how does she help you deal with him? Well, um, I think that kind of. Well, 
it would be part of my testimony that there's, um, Jesus said that those who are forgiven much love much. And I think that you have to experience forgiveness for your own wrongdoings to actually be able to have grace. Because I think grace is something that comes from Oh, grace from is not a person. No. Who is grace? <laughs> grace is something <laughs> that God gives you. And it's basically. Oh, I thought grace was somebody that rode, rode on the bus and was like. <laughs> Help watch over the kids. Uh, she comes in and helps uh, you deal with it. It's undeserved forgiveness, maybe. Oh, mm-hmm. mercy. And mercy. Undeserved forgiveness. Yeah. Um, and so, like, when when the hell is coming out of him, uh-huh. your husband, and you want to obey your husband, but you see your husband acting like a woman, how do you deal with that? <laughs> I'm like, that's my role. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, actually, it's kind <laughs> of funny. Do you feel ashamed when she does that? <laughs> you- I don't actually say that, but oh. there are times. Okay, so it's funny because there's actually sometimes a spiritual battle more so than we realize. It is. There is one day, like we argue, we argue really well when we want to argue because we're both strong-headed, and. Um, I don't know if that's the feminist thing that comes out of me from time to time, but I'll like argue back and forth. And there was one time we were arguing for like two days and um, he was sitting on the sofa at our table and um, and I could tell that like, because I know what he's like when he's in the glory of the Lord and when he's in a good place. And, and then it there was like something oppressing him and um, in that moment, I almost like took my own offenses and set them aside. And I asked him, I'm like, do you love me? And, um, for like one second, I actually saw him take what was over him, put it off to the side to say, yes, I love you. And it was almost like painfully done. <laughs> and, um, I asked him probably like five or six times and he was getting annoyed because I said, do you love me? And then I watched him do it again. And then again, and then finally he's like, can you stop asking me that? And, nice. and it was weird because for that moment, I actually took all of my offenses and I put them down to help him get out from under his. That's amazing. And, um, and, and he did the same thing for me actually the next day because I got offended about something and he decided to, to do the same thing. And when we realized we actually have a, the power to choose whether or not we want to remain offended. And um, I think a lot of times in uh, the Christian world, we like to blame the devil for everything rather than we do have a a free will. Um, And so when we actually choose that, hey, I don't have to remain offended, doesn't mean the problem goes away, but how we respond and resolve it changes. Do you have perfect peace? Um. I think that I can find perfect peace in a storm, yes. Do you have perfect peace 24 hours a day? Mm, some days. No, but not every day? Um, I mean, probably I do have perfect peace, but sometimes it gets clouded by a storm, and then it's actually um, finding that peace again. And so do you have mm. perfect peace all the time? Mm-hmm. So if you have perfect peace, how can you be angry and have perfect peace? 
Well, because I think that anger is actually something that is the flesh, and perfect peace actually comes from the Spirit of God. And so if we are the temple of God and He lives inside of us and He's the one that gives us perfect peace, then it's when our flesh overtakes and almost like puts aside that, hey, I'm actually the temple of God and we become selfish. Actually, most divorces are because somebody is selfish. Usually if one of the partners chooses not to be selfish, that any marriage could work. Um, so it's when we decide to be selfish that um, we l suppress the perfect peace. And then when we become humble, then it's there again. So do you have anger? There's times I'm angry. And do you have perfect peace? I would, like, I would say the same thing with Julie. There's times, I mean, even in our living condition, for example, like we have peace. We have I mean, perfect peace is an interesting uh, word, but I would say the, uh, pretty much the same thing. When the Lord, you know, is in us, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We, when we're basically focused, our eyes are on Him. There's perfect peace, regardless of where you are, what you're doing. You should have perfect peace if you're His. But there are those times where the clouds come over because we still live in this tent. We still live in this fallen state. Um, that uh, that there's times where you, that peace almost gets pushed aside, mm -hmm. and we enter into another mode. So sometimes you have <clears throat> anger, and sometimes you have peace, perfect peace. I would say that, like I'm, I I don't know. She would answer better. I'd say that I'm never um, just angry. Like if we get in an argument. We might get, I might get angry during that. But like for the most part, I'm not an angry person. But sometimes you have anger and sometimes sure. you have perfect peace. Yeah. And so is anger of God or of the devil? The nature of the devil or the nature of God? So, well, God gets angry, but I'm not excusing my anger because God gets angry. But um, so I'd, I'd say um, it would be hard to say that anger is just of the devil uh, because I think there's, there could be righteous anger, like we could get you know, angry because children are being aborted or something like that. Like we have almost like a righteous anger towards that. Like this isn't right. And the way God would feel towards that. But then you've got the fleshly side of anger that would be like, I'm upset at my wife right now. And, you know, I'm mad about that. So that would be, I guess, the way I'd look at anger. So is anger of the, the nature of the devil or, or the nature of God? Neither. I say it's our flesh. Yeah. It's... Occur, it came from you, the curse. So is it the nature of the devil or the nature of God? Um, I would say it's contrary to the nature of God, the anger that we express. Yeah. Contrary meaning that it's the nature of the devil? Well, or the flesh? <clears throat> like the works there, of the flesh? There's not only two options. There's also us and our own free will. And I want to get to the state. free will thing. That's interesting. Uh -huh. Don't let me forget. Okay. Right. So, but I want to know, is anger the nature of the devil or the nature okay. of God? So do you want me to answer that? Or would you like well, like I, like I said, I don't know if you can just say it's of the devil or of God because God gets angry, so if I say of the devil, then I'd be saying that God has a nature right. of the devil. So if there's two sides, there's if um, the moment that the type of anger that God experiences is 
righteous. Righteous anger. Because he can experience unrighteous anger. But the type of anger, I would say, uh, that is contrary to the attribute of God would definitely be of the devil then. So are you saying that is again, I'm black and slow? (laughs) And I like to. You should be so hard on your race, I like just, I like, it just, I like, you know how black people are. But is anger the nature of the devil or the nature of God? Well, like I said, there's two different types of anger. So, so you believe God has anger? Yes. yes. And do you believe God is, is God perfect love? Yes. yes. So, how can perfect love have anger? Because anger isn't always bad. It's definitions, What's actually. good about anger? Well, God's anger, God, we know God has gotten angry in the Bible, right? It says his think? anger burned against them, right? So, so his anger was a righteous anger because of their, their sin. So yeah. are, you say, are you comparing your fallen state anger to that of God? No, and that's where I'm but saying. I, each time I ask, you say God has anger. Right. Are you saying God has the anger that you have? No, I'd say there's times that humans could have anger. No, but I'm asking you, are you, you keep saying God has anger, got both of you. Yeah. Are you saying that God had the anger that you have? No. So why do you keep saying God had anger? Because it's not like you're justifying oh. the devil's anger in you. Well, there... No, there, I'm not... There's probably times maybe we've experienced the same kind of, and I don't know if it's anger or frustration, but that there's like a hunger and thirst for righteousness, and when you see... Uh, things sin. that are sin, then there is something that flares up of like um, God has a better way. Yeah, you know. that there's a better way. So I don't know if it's anger, um, but I'm I, I'm not as holy as. So Lord, it's because so. of the question you're saying um, is is anger of God or of the devil? But if God has anger <clears throat> and has expressed anger, then if I said anger is of the devil, then. <laughs> Then it then right. it would be saying that God's right. so God doesn't have anger. No. Oh, so he's never so been angry. Did Christ come to bring us anger or to bring peace? Peace. Yeah. So if he came to bring peace, why do you think he's of anger? No, I don't believe that God is just an angry God. I think he is. You ex- think he's angry sometimes? Okay. So I think, it, it'd well, be definition. In the Old Testament, there's times he expressed anger towards. Mm-hmm. His people, but do you think it was the type of anger that you feel in the fall that you that you have? No, and I'm I'm saying like what she was saying. I'm I'm not saying that the anger that God expressed in the Old Testament, for example, is the same anger I have. But the question in and of itself, if I say angers of the devil, well, I know God expressed anger at times in the Old Testament, and I know he's not of the devil. It's one so of those questions, like if I said, do you still beat your wife? I would say yes if I did. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, damned if you do and damned if you don't, got I it? I <laughs> so hot to beat me. <laughs> so... Um, do you believe we have a free will? I know you said you do. You believe. Yeah. So why don't you will yourself to have perfect peace at all times? Well, I think that's the goal. But why don't you just will yourself to do it? Because that's, I mean, that's in a sense the journey. Like, yeah, will is actually choice. So why don't you will yourself to be perfect peace? I'm trying. It takes practice, I think. It, it takes practice to will yourself to have perfect peace? Yeah. yeah. How, does, how is that? 
Well, because you can choose whether to get upset in a situation, kind of like what she was saying. We've actually been on a really interesting journey just in the last three months in just marriage and going deeper in like knowing, for me, knowing what it is to actually love my wife and lay down my life for her like Christ does and she on the other side. And so it's it's been this really it's been this really interesting journey and times where I've become more broken about even the way I'll respond to her and something mm-hmm. or treat her and instead of now responding that way I'm changing that with my will, I can look at something so, and go. Well, why don't you just will yourself to have peace and be done with anger? Well, that's what we're trying to do. That sounds like an easy fix. It is. Yeah. It really is. Um, are you? I noticed that some of the kids has have anger, and that come from seeing you guys being angry, and that spirit, the spirit is being passed on to them. Mm-hmm. How do you feel knowing that the anger that's in you, that's in you, is being passed on to your children? Well, that's why we teach our kids by example of when we are upset. For example, if I ever get upset at the kids about something, and it's something I shouldn't get upset with them about, I'll go to them afterwards and say, you know what, that wasn't right that I did that, and I'm sorry for that. Um, maybe what you were doing was wrong, but I shouldn't get upset. And then, and the, it's like the more you do that, the less you do it. There is a lot of truth to that, though, what you just said, because if I invite, me, myself, invite a spirit of anger, that um, that it actually disrupts the children. It does. It it Mm -hmm. corrupts their spirit. Mm -hmm. It turns their spirit from God toward the devil. Right. Mm -hmm. And they become just like the parents. So if you mean in the aspect of the demonic side of things, that yes, we can open up doors as parents to... um, So what does that feel like knowing that you and your husband are both angry Mm -hmm. and you're causing your children to become angry? You're making it sound so bad. (laughs) (laughs) It it is actually We're just a bunch of angry people. We should feel the weight of our sin. Not only is it bad, Mm -hmm. it's evil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So what does that feel like knowing that... You and your husband are turning your children away from God by making them angry. Yeah. Um, so it causes me to hunger and thirst for righteousness and to it's an area that is then revealed to die to and not allow myself to enter into that place and invite that. And you can feel it when you invite it. Um, offense. Actually, it's it's interesting if we can learn to um, embrace and learn from our offenses, because usually offense is revealing to a problem that we have in ourselves. The moment we get offended by something, it's usually because there's a greater issue behind that offense. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, we actually... Recently, I know that sounds really bad, after 20 some odd years, <clears throat> just learned that arguing is sin. It is. It's evil. And it is evil. And, and that's why two devils like mm-hmm. arguing. When you see a husband and wife arguing, mm-hmm. yeah. you see two devils arguing. That's yeah. right. And both devils think that they're right and they're trying to get it their way. Right. right. That's right. And um, and it disrupts our children and how they they yeah. won't even be in the same room. But then there's arguing. And I think there's other uh, evil spirits that are welcomed in with. Those Absolutely. One percent. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yeah. so how do you feel knowing that you are destroying the spirit of your children by being angry? Well, it makes me want to change. So why don't you change? I do. Not if you still have anger, you're not changing. 
<laughs> well, I mean, that's what the journey that's we've been on. That's where Grace comes in, is they... Um, is Grace a yeah. Mexican lady? No, Grace Who is, is Grace? undeserved no, mercy. <laughs> undeserved mercy oh, comes in. A housekeeper again. <laughs> yeah. No. No, but um, it's actually in keeping with repentance. And so when we Why are you waiting fall, for grace sure. when you already have grace? <laughs> I'm not waiting for it, but it's when it's offered because if... Um, or remembered. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like when we first moved into our bus for the first time. It took like a month for us to to adjust from home living where you've got all this room, all this space, to now small space. The kids have smaller spaces. We all have smaller spaces. I was spaces. thinking about that on that bus. I'm yeah. like, I bet you hell on that bus at times. Uh-huh. It's, it's not. It's yeah. actually, we, we love it. They love it too. I mean, you can ask him. Fortunately, <laughs> we um, try not to sin by getting angry. Yes. And so um, um, it does create a, but the, a but peace, the, perfect yeah. peace. But the like point the point is nice. is like you've got you know that transition and you can feel the things rise up because you're used to living this way now you're living this way but after you deal with those things that are in you the peace comes back and so that's um, it's like pulling a weed so is he a alpha male or beta male alpha male alpha male or beta male uh, definitely alpha, alpha. male or bird. <laughs> No, Shane is alpha for sure. He's alpha? Mm-hmm. Would an alpha male have argue with his wife and have anger? Um, would an alpha male argue with his wife and have anger? Um, if his wife was uh, <laughs> not fueling it, probably not. <laughs> Amazing. So may I tell you how to be free of anger and never have to deal with it again? Sure. Because children of God cannot have anger. You can't serve the devil and serve right. God. True. You can only serve one God. And anyone that has anger is of their father, the devil. And anyone that has anger has fear. They have hatred in their heart, right? And salvation is of the heart. Amen. Meaning that yeah. God changed your heart. When you see that you're wrong for being angry, mm-hmm. because anger is playing God. Mm-hmm. And when you play God, you're judging yourself and other people. As long as you play God, you would never know God. Right. Yeah. You know about Him. Mm-hmm. You hoop and holler and shout and carry on, but you won't know God. Um, and so anger is not of God. That's why God said that anyone that has anger is a murderer. Sure. Right. Yeah. A murderer. So you're murdering your children when you're angry. You're, you're destroying their souls. And, and not only are you destroying theirs, you're destroying your own. And it's not you, but the devil mm-hmm. in you, right? And so the way that you overcome, you got to forgive your mother mm-hmm. and you got to forgive your mother because I see that both of you are just like your mothers mm-hmm. and your mother turned you away from your father by imposing her will on you. She turned you away from your earthly father. And when you became angry at your mother, you, you took on the spirit that's in her mm-hmm. into you and you're growing. You're not yourself. You're your mother. Yeah. And that's why God said <clears throat> we must be born of the father. Mm-hmm. You had to go and forgive your mother for impose her will or whatever she did. You mm-hmm. know what she did. She could just like you guys can't help yourself with your children, argue in front of them and pass that spirit on. The same identical thing happened to you. And it's not going to mm-hmm. stop until you forgive your mother and forgive mm-hmm. your father for not protecting you from the mother. And that's really true that um, I went through a journey of forgiving my mother and my father um, 
probably about five years ago, and um, I actually was experiencing shoulder pain for 17 years. Yeah. And um, I had a dream one night that I had a demon sitting on my shoulder. Absolutely. And when I forgave, um, I actually was healed from that shoulder pain. Did you tell your mother you you sorry for resenting her for being so crazy? I, I have, <laughs> yeah. You told her? Um, there was at one point, um, probably about 10 years ago. That and, and so when you told her, I'm sorry for resenting you for being so crazy, what did she say? Um, well, I didn't put it that way. I was a little more say? gracious. Um, I actually don't remember exactly the verbiage, but just that I was sorry and I forgave her for um, actually hating her. Yeah, and that's what having, anger, mm-hmm. anger is. Anger is hatred. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. and before you can enter into the kingdom of heaven, you must forgive. Yeah. Right. Forgiveness exactly. means I'm sorry for resenting you mm-hmm. for what you've done. I realize you can't help yourself. Yeah. That's what forgiveness is, yeah. playing yeah. God, right? And so did you forgive your father for not protecting you from her? Um, So I didn't go through that process. I don't have a talking relationship with my father, but with my earthly father, but I was able to, um, with the Lord, that talk because, and with um, actually my husband being able to pray about that and forgive and speak it with my mouth that I forgive Why can't my you dad. contact him and apologize for resenting him? Because you're mm-hmm. never going to love God until you love your earthly father. No man can love God who they've never mm-hmm. seen and hate their earthly father. The, the father, the man, represent God. He may be weak, but he still represent God. Yeah. So you can't a, love the yeah, father until you love yeah. God. So, Why don't um, you contact him? And, well, um, unless it, it's, it's so private, it's, you can't say it. It is a little private, but um, I actually put that decision kind of in my husband's hands because um, as the protector of me and our family, they, um, so I left that up to him. And, and did he yeah. do it? What's that? What do you mean you left it up to him? So um, as far as the decision of whether or not we would uh, be in contact with my dad, because it's a little sticky. Can't um, you FaceTime with him? Because you need to be looking at him when you're talking to him. You need to shake your boots. Because anyone Mm -hmm. that has anger has fear. Mm -hmm. And all men and all women fear their mothers because they resent her. And so when you go and look at her and face her and forgive her for what she's done then you're facing mm-hmm. the fear and yeah. you'll overcome the fear and perfect love will come and you will have no longer have fear. That's right. very true. And with my mom, yes, it was face-to-face. Um, so. so can you FaceTime with your father? That would be a question for her. Is she able to FaceTime with her father? I mean, the last... There was a big thing that happened in the family that was, let's just say, not good. Um, and I, I made the decision at that point to protect Julie from her dad. But, so, um, but if she doesn't face her father, she would never know God. And she well, doesn't have I'm, to go know, into prison. That's she, why I said yeah. FaceTime. Because yeah. you need to look at him. And there's nothing that can happen to us in life, not one thing, yeah. that well, we should hold on before to. Before all that happened, Julie had really good conversations with her dad before all that stuff happened. Um, and I know Julie knows the Lord. I know I know the Lord. Um, but how can you love God and not love your father? No, I don't think she says she doesn't love oh, her father. Oh, I love my father. 
Yeah. Very much. It. it was interesting because when I fully forgave both of my parents, I, I thought I loved my parents, but when I forgave them and that, that burden came off of me, that yeah. whatever that was, all of a sudden I had this like supernatural love yeah. for them yeah, that right. was like really deep. And um, so I, I know what you're talking about as far as forgiving, that there is something really to that. Oh, yeah. Powerful. Yeah. I hope you face him by, even if you have to FaceTime with him, I don't sure. care what happened. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to know what the situation <laughs> was, but I do know for your soul set, if you don't forgive your earthly father, you're not going to enter yeah. into the kingdom. Yeah, and, no and, man or woman can enter the kingdom with yeah. anger in their heart. Mm -hmm. Have yeah. you faced your mother? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. How come it doesn't sound like yes? <laughs> what do you yeah. mean face my mother? Have you forgiven your mother for turning you away from your father? I never felt like she turned me away from my father. Have you forgiven her for whatever reason you resented her for? She made you angry. Imposed her will on you or pretended to be a victim so or whatever. You know how women pretend to be a victim and they make the man look like the villain? <laughs> and they are really the victim so, and the man is the villain. So my parents... Have you forgiven her? Well, I, I don't know that that ever happened. My parents actually had a really good marriage, still have a really good marriage. Um, and, I mean, it's... They were a pretty good example of a married couple. I, as a kid, I like might remember one argument that they had where they were like mad at each other. But besides that, I mean, they were, they loved the Lord. Um, oh, they loved his kids. <laughs> Have you forgiven your mother? For what? For anything. Yeah. You went to her and forgave her? Well, at times when I've been offended by her, I've gone to her and forgiven her. So have you really gone to your mother and apologized for resenting her? No, because I don't think I resented her. And so how do you, why do you think you became like her if you didn't resent her? Are you like your mother? You do? <laughs> I know. Am I like my mother? Are you uh, like your mother? Uh, Shane actually has always oh, really loved his on. mother. I'm he has to say. Are you like your mother? Not that I know of, but so I mean, but I'm trying to think like, like my mother in what way? You, you <laughs> have her personality you'd like. Do I have her personality? Soft and can't deal with your wife in the right way. Because, you know, when men hate their mother, they end up marrying women who are just like mama. And they become the boy and the, mama, the wife become the mama. And they tiptoe around the wife, blah, blah, blah. So let me ask, ask. Your mother made no mistake with you while growing, while raising you. Zero. She was perfect. Oh, I, I doubt it. Uh, when she was raising me, but I, I have to say, I knew my parents loved me. Um, she, she was probably more the disciplinary than my dad was. Probably or was. I would say was. They, it was different. Like she would discipline different than my dad would. But was she um, more the disciplinary than the father? Was she more what? She disciplined you more than the father did? I, well, because we were around my mom more, I would say, yeah. And so... She wasn't one of these moms that said, you wait till your dad gets home and he's going to spank you. I mean, she would just... That would have been the right thing to do. Yeah. yeah. But did you... So did she make any mistake with you or was she perfect? Like, can I think of something that she did that was wrong in I raising me? point is that for any wrongs that she's done, have you forgiven your mother for those things? Like... You don't understand. Through your upbringing. No, it's like yeah. being raised. Your wife is speaking for you. <laughs> <laughs> being raised. Because men's um, natural, uh, 
women are more trusting and men like, are you trying to trick me? That men have that natural um, ability to second guess things of, okay, should I protect my wife from you right now? That's, it's a man attribute. No, so. that's fear. <laughs> that's fear, that's fear. Okay. So because of time, did your mother do anything wrong while raising you? That I can was think of right now. Was she perfect? Well, I know no one's perfect, so no. No. Yeah. And so... You can't remember one thing that you wish you had not done or wish you would stop doing or blah, blah, blah. Not one thing. There's nothing that I can think of as being raised by my mom that I would have been like, man, that was really bad or that was really bad. There's, there's nothing that, I can, that comes to my mind. I mean, it's, my memory was I, if I did something wrong, I'd be disciplined by new. She loved us. She took care of us. Um, a good thing to pray about, though. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you forgiven your father for not protecting you from her? I didn't feel like she was a threat to me, so... <laughs> so no, I guess not. <laughs> uh, so have you forgiven your father? For? Anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've forgiven my father for many things. And you told him? Yeah. We've, t- we've, like, we talk about things and... So how is it... So you, you went to your father and said, I'm sorry for resenting you for... Yeah, we had like so pick cotton. (laughs) So when I was, so what's really interesting is when I was a teenager, me and my dad would argue a lot about things, which I knew was wrong to do. Um, And then when I really met the Lord in a real way, I felt really convicted about that. And me and him sat down and we talked. And actually, from that time on, like that stopped. And it was like we actually became started ministering together and it was just really amazing so father son that, team how kind is of thing. it that you remember what your father done but not what your mother did because the struggle was probably more with me and my dad than i had with my mom well that was because you identified with your mother and not with your father your oh, mother your mother convinced you she was the victim and you identified with her no. as a kid and so you see you saw and maybe still see your father through your mother's eyes and not your own no, that makes sense. Yeah, um, I mean that's something to always consider. I think um, it's an interesting perspective that you bring because there's uh, <clears throat> I, we practice forgiving very well, but the aspect of protecting of a fatherly role to protect their children, even if it's from just wrong discipline or emotional stress that, um, you know, the mother may put on the children. Not me, um, she does. Does, yeah. actually. There's probably no situation where that doesn't no happen. No color, so, it doesn't matter the color. Um, it doesn't yeah. matter the money. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you live. Every mother traumatizes the children if the father don't stand between the mother and the children. Yeah. Every mother. And, and so, the cycle repeats itself generation yeah. after generation. And I, I think there is this natural desire to want to be protected, um, that's why people want the state to protect them or whatever, that there is some kind of desire to be protected. The and, woman is looking for mm-hmm. a father's love. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And yeah, so, she, but it's, it's um, she gets but it, it is actually interesting th- food for thought, yeah. I think. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so the time is, they just told me the time going by. Uh-huh. Um, so I want to ask, oh, mm-hmm. so much I want to talk to you guys. <laughs> now I got to rush it. Um, do you believe that Jesus is God or the Son of God? Both. That's a great question. You believe he's both. Mm-hmm. And what do you believe? That he is God or the Son of God? 
Jesus, uh -huh. I believe that he is God. You believe that he is God. And the son of God. And you believe that he is God and the son of God. Mm -hmm. And why do you believe that? I believe the Bible teaches that Jesus is God and the son of God. And one thing just to kind of throw in there is us in our little finite brains trying to describe an infinite God that has so many infinite attributes. It's like I can't even describe a cell that's in my own body and it's in me. And so that's part of it. So, but I, I do feel like the Bible teaches that Jesus is God. Um, Where does it teach that Jesus is God? So in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. So does that mean that the word was God? It says the word was God. So, and then it says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son. So the word is God. The word becomes flesh. Oh, amazing. And why do you believe Jesus is God? Because... I'm submissive to my husband. So enough. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you should do all the time to listen. No. No. Why do you believe Jesus is God? Um, well, one, because uh, of my experience with the Lord, and also, too, from uh, just scripture, that um, Jesus describes himself as God, and in a way that even the Pharisees, who had a really good understanding of God and who God was, that when Jesus would speak, they were ready to kill him because they recognized that he was declaring that he was God. But the Pharisees mm -hmm. wanted to kill him because he interrupted their uh, uh, standard in life, meaning that they, the people worshipped them, and when Christ came... Christ broke that up, and they didn't like the fact that Christ exposed them for being hypocrites. They knew the Bible, but they didn't know God. They didn't yeah. know the Word. So that's why they wanted to kill him. Okay. Because so you do know you how believe preachers, that Jesus is God? You know how the preachers uses mm -hmm. the congregation to make themselves look like they know what they're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Sure. But they sure. don't. Yeah. Uh, they know the Bible, but they don't know God. <laughs> right. So let me ask. You said that in the Bible, God uh, Christ describes himself as God. Well, he says, before uh, Abraham was, I am. Just, she, mm -hmm. she made the same yeah. one man because yeah. of time. Only, oh, yeah. so, only um, because of time. Probably if I was to describe um, how I, my interpretation, my view of how God is, is so you have the sun in outer space, okay? Like the physical sun that's but, up in the sky. And if that was God. Tell me how in the Bible where he describes himself as God. So, you, said, you did say that, right? So, well, it obviously Jesus, the account in the Bible is written by a man and the man that brings forth that account describes Jesus as declaring these truths about himself, which then they accused him of blasphemy because they said you're making yourself out to be God. So to me, that would be a good example of that there and there's Jesus saying that, you know, uh, okay, uh, in the Gospel of John, that in the beginning, um, the word, uh, sorry, I can't quote <laughs> it. <laughs> you got me in a sticky situation, no, but, you know, you but the me. word did become um, flesh. And so, and so if, if I could describe, though, the way that okay. I view it. So yeah. if the sun is 
out in outer space, and that is God, and he's not within this realm because it's outer space, okay? So he's up in heaven. Well, the rays of light is what makes the sun known in our atmosphere and everything, okay? So Jesus is like that. That is the thing that we can, if we look directly at the sun, that we're going to burn our eyes out, that it, no human being can do that. It's not possible. And so Jesus made the sun known, or God known. Mm -hmm. And then the Holy Spirit is like the heat that we experience. So we can feel and experience that heat with our bodies and stuff. So if that would give a good um, analogy, but they're all one. It all comes from one source. So let me ask, ask, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) did Jesus say, I came here on my own, or did he say, my father sent me? So his father sent him. So did he say, mm-hmm. I came on my own or my father sent me? He said his father sent him. And then he say, when the people were praising him for all the work he was doing, healing, mm-hmm. and then he get on them about, why do you praise me? It's not me. Sure. It's my father that's doing the work that's in me. Actually, there's many times Jesus was worshipped. Actually, says his disciples worshipped him. I know, but when they worshipped him, mm-hmm. did he say, why are you worshipping me? No. It's not no. me. It's my Father in me that doing the work and greater work shall you do as well because my Father sent me? I don't remember yeah. any time in Scripture where he stopped people from worshiping him. So you don't remember a time when he said, why do you worship me? It's not me. No. It's my Father in me. Remember they call him good one day? Mm-hmm. Did you remember that? Yeah, mm-hmm. He said, why do you call me good? No man is good. Yeah. Yes. If he were God, would he have said, why do you call me good? He would like say, you're right, right on. I am good. But he said, no man is good, mm-hmm. only God is good. It, what he was, was saying, he the statement himself? he was saying wasn't negating that he was good. Was he talking about himself or his father? Both. Yeah. So, but um, why would be, if he said, don't call me that, no man is good. He doesn't say that. He said, why do you call me good? No man is good, only my father But he doesn't is say, good. don't call me I good. I know, I got to get it right right now. <laughs> got to go get me on the words. Yeah. So in but Hebrew, it's he right? He said, why do you call me good? No man is good. Mm-hmm. Right. Only God is good. Yeah. But he didn't right. say, I'm not good. Was he talking about himself? I think he was talking about mm-hmm. both. So Do in you think Hebrews, that too, that you're talking about both? She has to. Well, <laughs> so in Hebrews, it says Answer that, that he made first. himself a little lower Answer than that the first. Do you think he was talking about himself or his father? Um, I think that he, in that moment, the rich young ruler was actually coming to him as, hey, good teacher. So he was coming to be taught something. And he said that nobody um, is good but, but the father. And, and he really actually was making a um, declaration of you using good so loosely. Give That's a, my... Give me theory. a short answer because of time. I got five mm-hmm. minutes to tell me. Um, where is the kingdom of heaven? Here on earth. Where on earth? In you. And do you believe that too? Um, we bring it. Yes, I believe that we bring forth the kingdom of God. So do you believe that the kingdom of heaven is God. in you? Sorry? Do you believe that the kingdom of heaven is inside of you? Um, that sounds like a packed question. Um, if I believe that the kingdom of heaven is, so as a whole, or the spirit of God is in me, I think it's it's kind of, to explain it, say, to a child, that, um, that his kingdom comes. Because and, I'm black and slow, uh, do, you, do you believe that the kingdom of heaven is out of you? 
inside of me. Sure, there's aspects of it that is inside I'm sorry? of me. Sure, there's aspects of the kingdom of heaven inside aspects of me. Aspects meaning some of it, but not all of it? Well, that could sound really weird if I'm like, <laughs> hey, the whole kingdom of heaven's right here inside of me. <laughs> like that can be really strange to say something like that. So, um, but sure, yes, we could say that if you experience, the, if you're filled with the Spirit of God and we're the temple. Do you believe that the kingdom of heaven is inside of you? Do I believe the kingdom of heaven is inside of me? I think we have the ability to bring the kingdom of heaven through the Spirit of God here on earth. So however that looks, that's what I believe. And so do you believe that the kingdom of heaven is inside of you? Do you want me to repeat the answer? <laughs> uh, I'd say yes, we believe that, but it's all definitions of like how, like, you How about that, you? Right? Do you believe the kingdom of heaven is inside of you? <laughs> sure. Sure. You saw that in a guessing game. <laughs> what yeah. show are we on here? Like, <laughs> do you believe that God is within you? Yes. Do you believe God is within you? Yes. And so if you believe God is within you, do you believe you are God? No. How about you? No. So then why would Jesus believe he's God if he said the Father is in me? Yes. Because he was God. Well, well he why, never why, said he was God. Other people said it about him. Well, we have to. He never said This it. is what we have to and do. So though. if you believe that God is inside of you mm -hmm. and you believe that God was inside of Jesus, but you don't believe you're God. Right. Well, why would you? Why would Jesus believe He's God if you don't believe you're God no. and you have God inside of you? Can you answer that only? Right. For probably the same reason that Jesus answered the rich young ruler, and he said that, "Who are you to call me good? There's only one who is good in heaven." And so I would say the same thing that, "Who are you to call me God?" If Jesus, or if the Spirit of God is inside me, that there's only one in heaven. That well, is and we have to decide, is there authority in Scripture? Because Scripture says God sent His Holy Spirit to us. His very Spirit He sent to us. Do you believe that um, greater worship shall you do? Yeah. You should do greater worship than God? Greater works than Jesus did? Than God did. Then, so you think Jesus is God? No, I'm asking <laughs> I think, well, Jesus said you'll do greater works. When Jesus went up to pray, was he going away to pray to himself or to God? Was he going to seek the Father's will or his own will? He was seeking the Father's will. Mm -hmm. Right. So if he was the Father, why would he go seek the Father's will? So the, the misunderstanding of like Jesus just being God. that question? Well, but you have to take the full sum of Scripture. Yeah. So you have to take. But your, uh, your wife got it. Well, I, I'm, I was, I'm still hung up on one of your last questions. <laughs> um, that you could go ahead, but I, I think they're interesting questions for thought, and that they um, that they're questions that we should take time to think about um, because. If we are to do greater things, Jesus said that we do greater things absolutely. than him. And we absolutely can. And so um, my faith isn't there, but I do believe that Jesus is not a liar. Right. And that if he truly made a claim that I could do greater things than he, then whatever that encompasses, that I would like my faith to be there. I love that. And, mm. um, and so I have experienced... Um, people's ears being opened. I've experienced healing. I've seen a truth grow back. I've seen, I haven't walked on water. Have you ever um, seen an eight turn into a person? 
No. Uh, I saw I saw I saw that guy in your show. Oh, you saw that? Yes. Uh, what, does that count? <laughs> no. Okay. He got mad at me for asking that question. I know. Yeah. You never seen an ape. They always say we came from the apes. Yeah, but nobody ever seen an ape turn into a human. Yeah, exactly. So actually, you know how you could get them on that, Jesse? You say so. So then people can breed with apes, then, right? And then they would have an offspring. No, they can't. They may say yes nowadays. Yeah, but let me ask: What's wrong with the blacks? I don't know. Is there something wrong with them? What's wrong with the blacks? Nothing. Do you think there's something wrong? Y'all yeah, can't see there's something wrong with the blacks. What the? I think there's something wrong with society in a whole. So it's I called guess, sin, you know. and it plagues all see, of us. See, I'm from Canada. I agree. And yeah. in Canada, totally there agree. is not a black and white racial issue. I never experienced It's like, it would be like if, um, say, a Dalmatian dog came up to me, and somebody's like, uh, why are you petting that spotted dog? I'd be like, well, I would pet it if it was white or brown or spotted. That's right. That to me, well, it the has... Well, are a mess here. Is they it? They catered to them. They lied to them. They, okay. Uh, and so they're just... But isn't so them. much right. of that the they issue of the government? God. They don't care about right. God. So I actually know how to stop all of that. I do too. They I'm, need to repent. Mm-hmm. That's right. They right. return to the Father. And when we bring forth the kingdom of God, then we change the hearts of people. It'll stop trafficking. It will stop if there's no demand change for racial heart, issues. Yeah. If there's no demand for racial issues, then there won't be racial yeah. issues. But we um, almost demand it. Well, we got to hurry because yeah. the blacks mm-hmm. think that God is white. They think he's the white man religion, and right. they're going over to Islam and all that, so right. we got a job to yeah. do real fast. But I got to put you on the hot seat. Okay. I got to heat this Ooh, up. Oh, it's getting hotter? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to answer these questions as quickly as possible. Oh, great. Uh. <laughs> the hot seat. What is love? Love is God. God is love. What is a man? What is a man? Oh, <laughs> well, um, you mean gender-wise or like strengths? What is a man? Uh, a man would be with the anatomy that um, I can't use those words because that is not like a woman's. <laughs> um, <laughs> the string, you know, the girls have a space and the men have... String, <laughs> a little extra what? left over. You know oh, that whole no. nursery rhyme? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Which state is the best state to visit hmm. and oh. why? Oh, gosh. Um, well, because we've been to so many, and there's so many that are beautiful, I'll just, I'll just say right now, Colorado. Uh, because it's, I love the mountains. It's beautiful mountains. We actually stayed up in the mountains. Which state is worse? Um, getting stuck in, uh, which state is worse getting stuck in traffic or driving through? No, I'm sorry. Which is worse, getting stuck in traffic or driving through a thunderstorm? Thunderstorm. Oh, hmm. That's a good question. Probably getting stuck in traffic. Who is more Christian, Mormons or Catholics? Who's more Christian? Can I say neither? Can I say neither? (laughs) Neither. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> Do educated women make for good wives and mothers? I didn't marry an worldly educated wife, so I can't answer that. 
Is the earth flat or round? <laughs> um, who knows? <laughs> Holy God, right? <laughs> Is it that's your answer? Well, I kind of feel like um, I would say probably round, but that's only because I've been taught that. Is it wrong for a black man to to love the Confederate flag? No. Uh, does a chicken have lips? <laughs> no. Thank <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the Pope ticked? Why is he what? Ticked. Ticked? He's angry. The Good. He should be ticked. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's an angry soul. Uh, if he's angry, we know why. He doesn't love his mother. That's right. <laughs> he hates his father and his mother. Did you know that uh, in July we celebrate White History Month? Here, you mean? No. Who does? We, as in you do. Did you know that in July we celebrate White History Month? I no. mean, that's different. I think we celebrate all kinds He's of White History. He's asking a yes or no question. <laughs> Thank you. In July? <laughs> Did you know that in July we celebrate White History Month? Uh-uh. Do, do you know why we celebrate White History Month in July? Um, because, because of 4th of July? Uh, no. July just feels white. Oh. <laughs> like this chair feels white. It just white. feels white. <laughs> but no, we, we, uh, next month is our sixth year of celebrating uh, White History Month in oh, July. Oh, wait. I think I did hear that. Yeah, I started it because white history is being erased. Yeah, uh -huh. sure. And, and if white history is erased, America's over. Yeah. Yeah. So we, Actually, to be people. honest, I, I think that the history of God is what we need to celebrate because his blood brought true, bought true freedom. Sorry. Why was that hard to get out? I don't know. <laughs> what the? True or false? Uh, let's see who this go to. You. Uh -huh. Joe Biden is the worst president you've ever seen. Seen? Probably, because I haven't seen. Well, actually, I haven't even seen him, but maybe. I don't watch TV. I don't watch politics. I don't know anything about that. Will you vote for the Great White Hope this time around? What's that? The Great White Hope. Who is that? Donald Trump. What's oh, that? oh. You know who the Great White Hope is, right? We follow no politics. No politics? No. For the most part, no. And why not? We just follow We have Jesus. no faith in it. Should Christian be involved in politics? I think so. I think there's a place for it. Oh, so y'all vote? I and I, if you don't want to say you do, I understand. Well, I, I can't, I can't vote because of we don't have a address. address. Are you an illegal alien? No. You were born in America? Yes. Oh, so you need a, 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 a local... You've got to live somewhere. You have to, to register vote. as a voter. Yeah. Yeah. And you have that. to register to vote in that oh, state. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Is it child abuse to send your kid to public school? Yes. Yes. I agree. Did you have fun? Uh-huh. Did you have fun? <laughs> yes. Thank you for taking on the hot seat. And thank you all for coming. Yeah. Tell the folks how to get to your website, how to whatever information you want to put out there. All right. Okay. So we have our YouTube show that's called The Bus Life. You can find us on there, just The Bus Life Show on YouTube. We also have Hunger for Revival. And I think that's, I think that's it. Instagram, mm -hmm. Facebook. Yeah, and if you'd like to check out Stop Motion, um, our son does uh, Stop Motion. It's called Trash trash can films on youtube lego stop motion yeah it's pretty cool nice and thank you all for tuning in i absolutely appreciate it don't forget that the father state is now on locals.com 
So uh, click the description in the link to support what we are doing and you can become a member of the Fallen State on our uh, YouTube channel there. So don't forget to like, follow, ring the bell, subscribe, check out the merch. Y'all know what to do. What the? <laughs> and thank you all for tuning in and thank you again for coming. Thanks. Thanks for having us. I look forward to that Submissive Wife Cup coming out soon. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs>